the time when the print run numbers came out, I had already cracked 1%. I think it's undervalued. Woo! Hello, all, and welcome to another episode of the Wit It In podcast, episode 43. We are going to have Chris Siders of Fab Unsealed, the guy who goes boom! Boom! Um, <laughs> we're going to have him on here a little later. We're going to talk about some world's action as that just happened. Um, as well as heavy hitters coming out. And then we even got skirmish season underway. So ton to talk about. Let's get right to it because we got a shit ton to talk about. What's up, Gabe? Glad you're here. <laughs> What's up? We made it. Don't worry, guys. All right. Let's uh let's talk about worlds. All right. So the world event, Barcelona, um, you know, super late at, in, in the night. Um, if you're trying to watch it, your sleep schedule is messed up right now, but that's okay. Yuki Lee Bender went ham on that. Uh, right out the gate was just far and beyond the rest of her competition. Um, you know, second day did really good. Um, our, you know, U.S. representation, Easton Douglas, he was able to kind of close the gap between him and Yuki. But Yuki came out in first place going into top eight. So just a huge shout out to Yuki. Great job running the the hero that i would have chose and that i like and i think it was the best choice uh icelander so good job yuki awesome to see you do so well that was a crazy run because what she only dropped one game is that what it ended up being 13-1 or something i think i, wish... I think she dropped two okay either two or one me, either way me, for, yeah hold up while out. i talk yeah either yeah. way like r- running that well and consistently at a major tournament like that like worlds where you have the best players around it's definitely an accomplishment. It's a feat that not many people say they can have have done. So that is really exciting. Yeah. Definitely huge congratulations. Canada she only did drop one game. You were right yeah. about that. Only yeah. one game. That's that's messy. She uh yeah, and it was a CC. So she went undefeated in draft. Um, she yeah she dropped one game game in day two. So yeah, uh, super strong. Icelander was the pick. Um, but Icelander did not win. All right, there was two Icelanders in the top eight. There was two dashes in the top eight, and there was a Dromai, a singular Dromai, Aaron Chance, uh, representing Canada, along with Yuki Lee. Uh, but there were three ninjas in top eight. And truly, as I thought, um, Dromai, you know, was big, right? She was like part of the top three in the Lexi meta, Lexi, Dromai, Iceland. But um, with Lexi leaving, that allowed the ninjas to come back. And this is what I thought would happen. The, the format would get more aggressive and more defensive, and it would kick mid-range decks out. And I think that's why we see only one Dromai. Congratulations to Aaron Chance making it all the way there, because it is going to be harder, I think, for Dromai, especially after the results of this top eight with three ninjas making top eight. That is a not a great matchup for her. Kadachis are a dragon killer. Um, and so I think the time of the dragon is, you know, time to go to sleep. Time to take a little nap and wait slumber, for... man. Yeah, a little slumber. Slumbering dragon. Um, all right. But yeah, out of those two, or out of the three uh, ninjas, two were five. One was Katsu. Uh, we get some Hong Kong representation. That was yeah. the other Icelander and Katsu from Hong Kong. So very cool on them. Came out strong. Seems like you had something to say. 
Yeah, so out of the Hong Kong stuff, um, I think it was Fab or LSS or James White. Someone on the Twitter space posted that I think out of the top 16, Hong Kong had the most representative as a team. So Hong They all Kong made is, money. Yeah, they all like really played well, and they're probably one of the most feared competitive teams out there right now. So I thought that was yeah, really sweet. Yeah, yeah. Hong Kong put Asia on the map. We finally, like, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was fun because when Briar was around, that was kind of like, any Asian meta, meta was going to be Briar, basically. Um, and that was kind of all I was really seeing. Like, Europeans do things weird um, <laughs> and tend to be, tend to like Bolton and Dory more. Uh, Australians just feel like they're either ahead of the meta or behind the meta. And of course, you know, Americans are net decking. We're always D meta. Uh, but now, you can't say that really anymore. I mean, you couldn't say that really before because that kind of dropped off a while back anyways. But now Hong Kong is on the map. I mean, that is not a place to go take lightly. There's mm-hmm. going to be a call, calling or battle horn, uh, Bangkok. Um, so Bangkok is Thailand, and that's going to be a battle horn. I know that's Thailand, Thailand, but that's still in Asia and Thailand is a lot easier to get to than Barcelona for our Hong Kong boys. <laughs> and so fair. you got to imagine if they're all making money here, what's to say that they're not going to do That's terrifying well? to be at that battle hard. And you don't yeah, that yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying it's not, it's, there's no gimmies anymore. You know, um, now one yeah. thing I want to say, yes, no gimmies are my agree. Hong Kong is killer ferocious. But talking about, as Eric kind of said, like, you know, Europeans play some decks. Dory was something he mentioned. I could be wrong, but I think Adori got ninth place. Adori did get ninth place. Uh, we will we will get into all that. I do want to get okay. to that. I just want to finish this top eight first, though. Sure, sure. But yes, I'll allow we it. will definitely talk for Adori, uh, and we got some Reinar talk too. Um, all right, that was Hong Kong. Um, we have two fives. One, they're both from Europe. One being from Greece. The other one being from Italy. So the old Greco-Roman. Uh, duo there and then we got two americans both representing og dash inventor extraordinaire uh easton douglas doing a more uh tree frog style just being very defensive where matthew w the uh the anonymous w the w we don't know uh he is a more of like a, a little bit of a hybrid but definitely more of a boost version of dash um, well, representing America there. Did Did you see the list? Like he was running some of the Evos. Yeah, yeah. No, both so both like... Dash players were running Evos. That seems to be a uh, tech for the longer games. Um, so yeah, a lot of cool things to to take away from these top eight lists. Uh, going in to the quarterfinals, you know we have Yuki versus uh, her Icelander versus uh, Alexandros. And his five and Alexandris takes it out after squeaking into top eight, being eighth place, took out first place in the first round, um, and then went on to face Aaron Chance, which, as we talked about, Aaron Chance playing Dromai. Alexandris was able to, you know, mop that up, felt good about that. Moving on, we're following Alexandros for a reason because at the end he faces um Shing Tzu. I don't. I don't know. I I heard like the announcers calling him one thing, and his name. Yeah, but um, uh, the fellow Hong Kong um player that's playing Icelander, um, and Phi 
this this Alexandros with Phi. Now Phi is typically not good into Isolander. After Phi lost by little, you had you lost a way to like consistently get blues to counteract Icelanders like Blizzards, Channeling Bridges, Frostbite, whatever. Um, so typically not a great matchup. Now, these Icelanders, because Ninja wasn't around for so long, took out um what is it? Brain Freeze, which is a great card to use against Phi. So these Icelanders didn't have Brain Freeze. But still, that doesn't make it like 50-50. I would say I still think it's Icelander favored. So this guy has to take on two Icelanders to win the whole thing. And he did it, representing Greece. I always thought it was going to be Yorgos, Samaras, or whatnot. I thought he was going to uh, get it from Greece. But now, Greece got a new good player. A new... Well, yeah. Yeah, talk about the new good player. Um, uh, the caster said it, so I'm assuming it's true. His only other major event that he's done well in was a pro quest. Like this was his first like actual like big tournament, and he just shows up and wins it. Yeah. So what's really cool about him is um, in each of these worlds we've seen a people's champion, and what I mean mm -hmm. by a people's champion is that this is a person that could be me or you, right? This isn't a person that is on Team Wolfpack or Team, you know. Um, min max whatever you know this isn't like a big name that people know this isn't a previous nationals winner or calling winner or whatever this is an average joe that made all the way out here so he is the people's champ and last time i believe it was wesley dong um which did not you know get past the uh the first round but alexandros the man the myth the legend did it and he did it in the most hardest way possible, going against two bad matchups. Gets a little break in between going against Aaron Shantz and Dromine, but that's still not a gimme. That's still every... No match is a gimme out here in top eight. Uh, so he definitely earned it. Congratulations to him. The age of the ninja is here. It is going to exactly. be raining down Kadachis. <laughs> you know, another thought I had with him winning, because he was eighth seed, you said, correct? Yes. So I think that's just how world championships work. Because Michael Hamilton with eighth seed going into San Jose. Interesting. So cool. if you're going into Worlds, you're gonna to want to be eighth seed. That's all I gotta say for the future reference. Yeah, that's that might be the case. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we had that as the as the um uh, the Worlds event. We had the calling. The calling was a sealed into draft. Um, that was won by Florin Christian or Christian Logan. Um, I was actually able to face this guy twice at Calling Dallas. Faced him once in the Swiss rounds, and then I lost to him. In, or, sorry, at Battleharn Dallas. Uh, faced him once in the Swiss rounds, lost to him in the, in the top eight drafts. Um, so, a very good player. Cool to see that he got it. Very excited for him. Um, he well deserves it. And he won with Max Nitro. So, for all those Teclo forces out there, by now we should know that's that's gone. Throw that away. We've seen the results of these drafts because Worlds was half CC, half draft. We've seen the results. I'm done hearing Force Techlo. There's no way LSS would print a set to like have only one hero be the answer. So we're done talking about that. And Florin helps me out with this uh, argument as well because not only was he playing Max, but in the finals he was playing against a Dash, not a Techlo Boston. So there you go. Perfect. Uh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. That might have uh, Now let's talk about a little. Well, actually, I wanna, let's talk about a little controversy here. 
Okay. So we're going to go back to, I know what you were talking about. We're talking about the battle horn, but we're going to come back to that because there's some controversy here. Oh. And, 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 I, and, I'll, and then I'm going to bring on some new controversy. Are you well. stirring the pot, Eric? I'm going to stir the pot a little bit here. Okay. <laughs> so first things first. Congratulations to Dory getting ninth place. You made all Dory mains proud. Awesome. Glad you did it. That was, that was really cool. Um, that would have been so cool to see Dory in. And I actually think if Fi is coming back, Dory can come back too. Um, I think Dory into Fi can be 50-50 if you are a good enough Dory player. So congrats to you guys. So there's, there's the Dory talk. Okay. But there was someone else that was had a chance to get top eight. Have you heard about this kid? No, the only other one I wanted to bring up, so I'll say up my little piece first, because I don't think it's the same thing. Because I, I, I know Chris, Christopher Ali um, Yali, was yeah. on Max Nitro, and he was he doing was good. Yeah, I he, knew he, he, was like, he placed top 32. I think he yeah, got 16 he like, or something. Yeah, he was like in the top 20 or something. So I was like, all right, well, yeah. Max almost had yeah. a chance to top eight. So I wanted to bring that up. But the yeah, one you're talking cool. about, well, and that what he got second place at Worlds last year, so I also thought that was a great showing. Um, yeah, no, yeah, he's um he's a solid player. He's from LA yeah. or in the in the LA area, I should say. Yeah, I don't know exactly where he's from to be honest, but um <laughs> so he will be there at Pro Tour, so it's going to be a tough one. Um, <laughs> but no, Eric, I don't know what we're talking about. I'm actually excited and enlightened. Okay, all right, so here's some controversy. So, in the final round of Swiss, um, there was a Reinar player. And okay. he has his tweets out there. You can go read them. This confirms it all. This isn't like a conspiracy, but this is controversy. Uh, he's in the final round facing a Fi. Now, the, this is according to his perspective, according to his views, this is how it goes. The five player knows that even if the five player wins, he is not in. He's not making top eight. But if the Reinar player wins, Reinar's in top eight. Which might be in the But aren't they point. playing for aren't they playing for money at this point? So the five player can still make more money if he beats Reinar, correct? Not if you strike a deal. Okay. So that's that's where this is the controversy. So, according to uh, the Reinar player, and if you want to look this up, you can just look it up. I, I won't give out names, but if you want to look it up, it's not hard to find the names. Um, his opponent talked to the judge before the match even begun, and then came back, talked to the Reinar player, and said, "Hey, the judge says like okayed on this. I can't make it to top eight. But if you win, you can. Let's split some pricing, and I will just call it your game. And if you're the Reinar player, even though we did see a Reinar beat a five, it's not a good matchup. It's mm -hmm. not. You you need good things to happen for the Reinar and bad things to happen. Like you need low rolling for the five and high rolling for the Reinar, basically. So. If you're a runner play, you might be enticed for that deal because it's not a guarantee that you'll win. And especially if you can get to top eight, I mean, you know, that your that name's feels... cemented in history. Even the clout from that is worth it. Right. Going. Top eight as a Reinar at Worlds is huge, right? Roots are gonna go Cause... crazy. 
Yes, exactly. Chess will be like beaten throughout the world, right? Um, and especially if you could take the whole thing, right? Because you got, you know, there's ninjas in there. So that would be hard, but Icelander matchup, that's a good one. Dromai, that's a good one. So anyways. So he goes to do this. Or he, he agrees to do this. And then a judge comes over and says, hey, guys, we're actually thinking about putting you on stream. Which, of course, a Reinar, you know, that could make top eight on the last stream. That would make total sense. That would be great entertainment value. But they say, hey, don't even worry about it. We actually just made a deal. We're not going to play. Uh, I'm getting the win. And so then the judge is like, what deal? You know, and he's like, oh, well, you know, he already talked to a judge. So he already said this is okay. Well, turns out it's not. Um, you know, any, I don't want to say anyone would know, but it is pretty well known that that's just has never been the case where it's never been okay to like say, hey, uh, if you give me, you know, half your winnings, I'll give you the win. That's never flown like in just about any card game. I think you have to use uh, the word like prize redistribution and then it's like in some... E even then, yeah. it's, it's, you're, you're really, you know, toting the line there, right? Like it's, it's not, yeah. it's definitely frowned upon and if you're just telling a judge openly that it's happening, it's probably not going to go well. Like oh, 99 no. times out of 100. So the Reiner player was uh, DQ'd as well as the other player, I believe. Um, and we did not see a Reiner in the top eight um, where we might have. We might have. So there, that's a little controversy that deals with the world's top eight. Oh, I think it was handled well. I didn't but, even know that. Yeah, that that happened. I remember seeing it as I was like seeing the 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 um when it came out like, hey, here's who's in top eight. And a lot of people were commenting like, what happened to the Reiner? What happened to the Reiner? Now we know. Um, I mean, so if he was DQ'd, is he out for the whole tournament? Like he doesn't get any prizing? Like he's no placement? Yeah, yeah. So that's just a, a lesson to learn. Um, you know, he's yep. he's learned from it. Uh, but yeah, just never just openly make a deal like that. Um, honestly, I would just say try to stay away from deals like that. I think oftentimes, you know, especially in the world's event, I know everyone in top eight last year's world, and I think everyone here as well. I'm not 100% sure on this knowledge, but um, a lot of people from top eight like to like just share the prize and so split it all around, but you still play. And for the win, I think that's on a different level. That's more okay than just saying, okay. I'm going to give you the win. So that I, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So that's where that's where you got to be careful. And yeah, it just didn't go well. Um, but lesson learned. And for anyone out there listening, there's a bit of advice. Uh, now let's get into some other controversy. This was a little bit more fun, though. Um, this one is at no one's expense. Um, let's talk about the battle harm. Controversy? What do you mean? It's that was glorious. Yeah. So. Um, the battle Harden, <laughs> this battle Harden was the first, uh, high level competitive event that featured the living legends format, or as you might want to call it the Starvo format. Um, as everyone in top eight was Bravo star of the show. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, not a single prism, viscerite chain, briar, phi, whatever else. 
everyone's start rope. So is it living legend format or is it just start rope? That's I mean, the big thing right now. It could be living legend if they let Briar have her errata back. That's all I'm going to say. It could, yeah, this. I mean, that might help, right? I don't know if that's good for the game, though. Just because not, now no. you're like, okay, well, Briar says this in this format, but yeah. Briar says this in this format. So no, I, I, I don't think that could go that way. I think the controversy is, is, is living legend format okay? And I think a lot of people are asking this question. A lot of people are responding. And some of the responses I've seen is that it's okay if it's not in a high competitive way, right? If it's like at an armory or something. Something that's not going to affect ELO. or Actually, I don't even know if this affects ELO. But uh, something that's just not going to like have like major pricing involved. Um, and that might be fair because of how this top eight looked. Um, I mean it's bravo like starro when he came out he made such a like he's the fastest hero to ll by far um and he warped the meta of cc immediately and like just held on until he finally ll you know if he can't ll in this format because there's just there's nothing like that in here then what is going to fix this format because i would say it's broken uh, I love it. I love playing Starville, and I love playing the mirrors, and I think it's fun. It, but like, it's like having a format where it's like a calling event or a battle horn event, where it's like, okay, everyone play Ira decks against each other. It's like, at what point is it like work to be in a format? I can't even imagine a calling two days of that. That might get a little repetitive. You're just playing the mirror, right? Like maybe every now and then you'll play like a prism or something. But like, but it it's. Yeah. I saw there was a Bravo that did well. I don't know if it was Cam McCreeth or um, who it was, but there was a Bravo that was doing a nice showing throughout the tournament. Okay. They didn't make it, but they did good. <laughs> you know, yeah, if maybe if you made it, right? Um, I, I wish I'll I could see serious. what the what the, like the top sixteen was. Yeah, we, might be able yeah, to we only that. know top eight. We know that um, Arcane Games and Event. Uh, they always host these tournaments, and um, they did a, um, a Living Legend tournament, and we saw Charles Dunn on Starville take it on that one. I think it was a Starville. No, I don't think it was a mirror in the end, actually. But, um, yeah, Charles Dunn took it there. He was in top eight as well, so congrats to Charles Dunn making, mm-hmm. you know. Sh- sh- so Lucas Oswald got it again. Yeah, Lucas got it. Yeah, they got that prism Lucas, statue. honestly. Yeah. Yeah, he did get a prism of that, too. It's really cool. <laughs> I don't really cool. I'm not into it. I... I'd rather have the little little glass thing. That'd be cooler to me. But That's I know great. people love that statue. So, okay, that is the worlds in its entirety. Yep. But, but that other things happened like, at World, Eric, did it there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like that's not even like half of like the excitement. That's not well, the no, big it news. Is. It is about half. Well, it is. But you like, know what I mean, it's like yeah, it's not um, the biggest ripples. Let's get into heavy hitters. All right, we already knew the set was coming out, but did anyone see spoilers coming out this soon? I didn't. I guess maybe I should have, but I didn't. Um, yeah, we are getting Kasai. That's the biggest one. We are getting Kasai. She is going to be a new Kasai, so not her Centauri Cell Sword self. And she was going to be an adult version. She's going to have adult and young version. So that is news number one. That is mm-hmm. huge. Huge. Yeah. 
we we also now we know what wager is we know what um clash is we got a few cards that showed what those are those are fun um we're gonna have an ultimate pit fight draft yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be an ultimate pit fight draft and this is interesting i'm very curious how this will go ultimate pit fight is just like a you know a pot of or like four players you know um it's a PVE, but there's like a little bit of special rules one up, but it's it's basically, you know, chaotic. And it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be political, it's supposed to be fun, it's supposed to be casual. But now we're getting an ultimate pit fight draft, which will should still be that fun, casual stuff, but there is still pricing now. Now it's an armory-based event because you'll draft as normal in a pot of eight, and then you'll be split up into two pods of four to like play. And then the winners of each of those, uh, you know, pods will face each other. So it's it's very interesting, very very interesting. Now is that in heavy hitters that that's, that's going to happen? Hitters. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know it's heavy hitters. I thought it was just going to be an upcoming thing they were doing that. So no, no, it is specifically for heavy hitters, as in because it is the deathmatch arena, um, which is the next big news. Deathmatch arena is going to be this thing where we are going to have a, a system to where you can earn points for a death match arena hero. And that is going to be one of the six young heroes that we are going to get in this set. We know one's Kasai. I'm going to say that we know one's Valda. I'm going to say that right here, right now. And then, and then KO. Yep, yep. We are... I'm at 30% on KO. Where are you at? <laughs> Oh, I, I wish I was more than 30. I wish I was. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, 30 is like the upper limit too for me. Um, We might get a KO as well. I'm at like 95% we're getting a Balda. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm on so high on that. Um, And then we, we're going to get two of each, right? We're going to get two Guardians, two Warriors, two Brutes. Um, out of these six young heroes, you will compete in different formats. That is this UPF draft that is just um, like battle hardened. That's limited and sealed or something. Uh, Blitz event. I, I don't know if they'll add those. They'll count. I don't know. Anyways, any event that's will add to these, to the points of these six heroes will be tallied up at the end of this season uh, that this comes out in. And the hero that has the most points wins. And every person that gave that hero points gets what Gabe? You know, actually, I don't know what the card is. I know it's a specialty card. Oh, I have. This is all is news, a... news to me. Oh, oh okay, my bad. <laughs> all right, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you get you get a specialty card. Yes. Um, I think I heard somewhere that's Command and Conquer, but in a different art or different form. Yeah, at the skirmish, um, some guy was literally telling me all about this. I wasn't. He didn't give me like the full rundown, but he said it sounded something like that. I knew it was either that or like Art of War or like E Striker. I knew it was one of those Chase Majestic. It's yeah, it's it's a it's something that you you'd want. It's but it's going to be an alternate art of that, and um, yeah, that is the thing. You have to get points for this hero, um, in order to gain that card. So you could win your skirmish, you could win this UPF draft thing, but if you didn't get points for that hero, if it was a different hero that won the entire season, well, you just did it for yourself. So it's you kind of got to place your bets, which it's is expensive. awesome because this game. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Like, this game is all about having hero loyalty, and this just, like, solidifies that and strengthens that, so. 
Most definitely. Very cool there. Um, and then, yeah, we're getting the six new heroes. I think that was the other big thing. So are some of them going to have adults in too? Like, do we know how many heroes are in this new set? Well, we just know that there's going to be six. Um, so, you know, is some, like, we know Kasaya has an adult. I'd imagine we're probably at least getting okay. three adults. This is a dub question. So let's say, okay. do, do they have different names, both Kasai's? So does that count as two heroes or one? The, it's gonna, that would count as one hero. So think of it like Outsiders. Outsiders had six different heroes. Yeah. So that's probably how it's gonna follow. It's probably gonna be okay. six uh, Blitz heroes, three uh, CG cool. heroes. Yeah. Cool. Appreciate that. That is probably what to expect. Now, is there um, anything else on that? Because I there's one more bit of news that I got. Do they say they have to be quick. warriors or brutes or guardians? Here it is. Does it specifically um, say that? For the heroes? Mm -hmm. We we just know from the dual cards that there's going to be those the ones three we're classes. Getting. So there could be some kind of rogue thing coming in there. Yeah, but you gotta think about it like this: that it is an even number six. If it was like five, or okay. like, um, like if it was nine and multiple of three, I could see there be like a, a merchant, right? Because it kind of totally. makes sense to be have a merchant class. Yes, yeah. but because it's an even number of six, I think we should expect something very close to uh, outsiders. We'll okay. see. It's nothing's set in stone. Okay. All, All right. right. All right. The last basis of news we have, and then we are gonna go right to Chris Sires and talk about some Fab Unsealed, is we have the 2025, or 2024, sorry, 2024 yeah. roadmap. So we finally, finally, players that want to just go to these events have been asked forever, we finally get a roadmap a year in advance, so now we can plan. And what this entails is that we are going to have two Pro Tours next year. We know Pro Tour LA. Uh, that's going to happen in March, but we also going to get Pro Tour five in June. Now we don't know where that one's at. Uh, actually, I think I heard. I think it's Amsterdam, might right? Amsterdam. I think you said that. Um, I feel like I heard someone I say that. Well, hold on. Yeah, I don't know if that's one hundred percent confirmed, but I think that might be something. Um, mm -hmm. And then we are going to get Worlds next year as well. We get that every year, and that will also be in November, just as it is every year. Uh, so we get three of the major marquee events as they marked it down. Mm -hmm. um, we are going to have two ProQuest seasons since we are having two Pro Tours. Uh, we're going to have two Skirmish seasons. And then, as I mentioned, we're going to have this Deathmatch Arena season. Um, those are going to be the, um, like, the big events. And then we are going to have three sets next year. Three sets. So we know Heavy Hitters is coming out in February. Uh -huh. uh, we expect... Another set to come out in June, which means in July, I think I said the Pro Tour 5 is in June. It's in July. Uh, the July Pro Tour will be from this new set. Um, so it's going to be very exciting. And then we have our last set of the year come out in September. So three sets. I think that's what we should start expecting from here on because we're not, LSS is doing away with supplemental sets. And they are using the expansion slot that is confirmed on this heavy hitters that just like in bright lights, they would use the expansion slot to fill some uh, some class uh, cards. The expansion slot will help the regular classes, but all these sets are to be draftable sets. So no more supplementary sets. All these sets would be draftable sets. And I think that's why we're doing three instead of four. I think we traditionally did four in the past. Now we'll just do three. 
I think this is good. I like this. It kind of allows enough room between each set to really get familiarized with each one. I I think it's perfect. Like I remember, I love sets when they come out to you know give build us some time, build us some anticipation, but also to be able to debrief and play with the cards that you just got because it does take a financial yeah. burden to buy cards, and you know if you want to build every deck that comes out, it costs a lot. But then I yeah. think the other great part about this is when a new set is released, you know, you're seeing the cards, you're getting hyped, you're excited, you want to play with those cards. If it's in a like expansion set or whatever you want to call it, um, supplementary, you can't draft that necessarily. So it's kind mm. of it's cool, but you don't get to actually fully feel and play all the cards unless you buy all the cards you want to play the set. Where when you just get a draft set, you can actually just enjoy it right then and there and really get a good like feels like you bit your teeth into it. So I'm really yeah. excited. That. No, absolutely. I, I totally agree. Um, you know, one of the reasons why um, Michael Hamilton built Bull Lander is because he played WTR draft and he knew Wounded Bull was a good card, right? Yeah. Um, by drafting uh, the cards, you get to see like the, the power of commons, you get to see the power of like rares. Um, and that helps with the deck building for the competitive scene just as well. So you know, I think it's great for casuals. I think it's great for competitive. I think supplementary sets are cool. I don't mind them at all. Um, and I think they, you know, that's where a lot of the deck building, like, strategies come from and whatnot. And it innovates there. But I think the having new sets do that just as well, um, mm -hmm. as well as just add the draft element with it. And I think that's, I think it's, as a drafter, I love that. So I'm not complaining. I think it's perfect. You know, they mix both perfectly. So they, congrats, Alice. That's, that's much more. They killed it. You know what? I uh, I think I'm done hearing myself. Do you want to take over for this next part? Oh, man. I would love to. Let's get into the Boomtown Chris Sires. We're here to talk to Chris and just learn all about Fab and Fab Unsealed. So back to you, my friend. Good week so far. Tell us all about it. Uh, it's been good. It's been good. Yeah, I've been working on a new studio project. Uh, right now, I'm sitting in my new old studio. Uh, I have been in this space for about a year now. Yeah. Uh, but this is the second space I've used as a studio and I'm moving back into the first space that I was in, but now I get to kind of rebuild it and make it bespoke for Fab Unsealed. So nice. it's going to be pretty fun. I'm really looking forward to uh, having that space built out. So um, I had a lot of paint under my fingernails before <laughs> I came down here for this interview. So What's, your, awesome. what's your vision for it? What do you uh, plan to do with the, the new space? Uh, I'm thinking kind of like cigar lounge, kind of like... Like just a kind of chill, like kickback space. Uh, good couple of pieces of fab art on the walls, and um, I, one corner, of course, I'll be dedicated to my break space. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, it should be fun. How many how many square feet is it? Like, is it pretty big? Like, what's it looking like for you? Uh, it's like a ten by eighteen, something like nice. that. So it's decent. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and so for the for like this, the way that I had, yeah, sorry, go for it. Hmm? I was gonna say the way I had it set up before, I kind of had to build my studio in the middle of two or three other hobbies that had already been occupying the space. So it was sort of a mess. And my, like my break space, my break camera was in the middle of one wall, uh, one of the long walls. And it just, none of it made any sense. So um, it's been good to kind of have an, op have an opportunity to rebuild it. So that's perfect. And so, like you said, it's gonna be like a cigar lounge uh, and the fab and sealed and openings. So are you going to have that just open to your friends to hang out, play games or is there some potential for passerbys to see you? 
Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. So we're actually, um, that's funny you ask. We should be live on Airbnb as of, I think, oh, now. Look at this go. Um, <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, so there's actually, right above my head, there is a 1,200 square foot uh, Airbnb. Uh, it's brand new construction. Um, and it's in the middle of the woods on my property. And my house is like 100 yards that way. So. Uh, anybody that comes out here that does flesh and blood stuff obviously gets to come over and check out the studio and hang out and crack bag with me. And that is so um, cool. It's one of the things we're doing on the Patreon too, actually. Like, so, uh, every few months we're going to fly somebody out here from the patron list and they're going to come crack bag with us. We're probably going to kind of try to set it up with, uh, uh, releases and things so like heavy hitters will be the first time we get it going. That's smart. Um, I like, that's a sweet idea. (laughs) We'll move, we'll move the studio back into this space that I'm in right now for those, for those events. And then, you know, the space above will be the folks that are flying yeah, in yeah. and then, yeah, we'll just have a great time. So party house. That's yeah. like the coolest thing I've heard. <laughs> yes. That's, that's like the best thing there could be, especially if you're a patron. Yeah, super stoked about it. Yeah. There's lots of space to obviously to set up tables and play as well. So, um, yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, where, whereabouts is your yeah. place? Oh, we're in uh, Leavenworth, Washington. Okay. So, um, right in the middle of uh, Washington State. All right. So maybe if there's ever like a calling Seattle or Portland or something close by. Yeah, yeah. somewhere like that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like a three-hour drive, but it's, it's a really bad. nice drive. Yeah, yeah, it's a really nice drive. So, um, Washington State's one of the most beautiful states. I've I've been to a lot of the states in the U.S. and I do feel like we've got one of the more scenic states here. So. It's you know it's interesting. I've drove many times like from. I mean, Gabe, you definitely have as well, like from Montana to Seattle or Portland. And most of the drive goes through Washington State. And like for such a, it's not the biggest state, but for like the size of it, you go through like so many different uh, like sceneries, basically. Um, Like the west side is like Spokane and wooded, but then it goes (laughs) into like kind of a deserty flat area. And it's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, a lot going on here for sure. And I, yeah, if I go maybe 20 miles east, it's almost almost desert. Yeah. Um, another 20 after that is definitely desert. Um, and then if I go 20 west, I'm going to be in the mountains, essentially. I'm in the foothills here, so yeah. That's really cool. It's, it's awesome. So, so it sounds like it might, so it's like you said, not in Portland, not in Seattle. How's the scene out there then for you in Leavenworth? That's the sad part. I'm still working on the local game store here to try and get them to start carrying Flesh and Blood. Uh, it's really tough for them to carry any game really that wants to do uh, weekly play and stuff because the actual population of the town is only around 2,000 people. Oh, yeah, oh wow. Small. It's like where I live. <laughs> I feel that. If, if, they were, if they were pushing it hard and trying, I think they could probably pull something off. And I've I told them, I'm like, Hey guys, come on. I would love to help you. Right. Like we can figure something out here. Right. Like uh, they just haven't taken me up on it. So uh, I think I'll bring them another box. It's been a while. I bought them a box of Monarch a while back. So I think I'll bring them a box of heavy hitters when that comes out and be like, come on guys, let's go. <laughs> I'll keep pushing. For the catalyst yeah. it needs. I, you know, like they, they're there, they got the space. Uh, they used to do magic events back before, um, Back before COVID, I, I think they might be starting up to, uh, more magic stuff again. But right. uh, yeah, anyway, let's. They, they need to get some more flesh and blood going. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I should just drop. I've got. I can't see it. In this count. No. 
um, in the back in the corner, like over there, there's this pile of uh, USPS priority boxes just packed full <laughs> of uh, bulk flesh and blood carts. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just love having opportunities to drop those on people. So, uh, <laughs> like if I find a new game store that wants to carry the game, I'm like, oh, here, have five. It costs like 20 bucks each to ship. And if you can just like jumpstart a store like that for all the players to be able to just show up and get all the bulk they need, uh, can be helpful. Yeah. So uh, yeah, most definitely. It's always fun. Awesome. So I think, so yeah, so Fab Unsealed and yourself, can you tell us just a little bit of like kind of your elevator spiel? What? how you came about to this game, how you started making content and where it all came from. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was cracking uh, Magic the Gathering cards in a, a private Facebook group just for fun. Um, and we were doing kind of box war-esque <laughs> sort of things. And um, we ended up, I, I bought some Zendikar Rising Collector no, no, set boxes, I think it was. It was like the first set box I ever yeah, did. Or something. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, And I was like, oh, this could be interesting, you know? And well, it, it wasn't interesting. Nobody wanted to buy into uh, breaking it. And so it just sat there on my shelf. And I was just like, well, this is dumb. And, uh, so I started watching um, Alpha Investments around that time. And I saw this thing called Flesh and Blood. And Rudy was talking about this, uh, you know, Crucible of War kit. And I'm like, ah, whatever, you know, I'll give that a try. And I picked that up. Um, I've been playing Magic off and on since I was in high school, so definitely you know long TCG background. Um, but Flesh and Blood, when I started seeing the artwork on the cards and stuff, just really jumped out at me as something a little bit more adult, a little bit more uh, focused on on my age group as opposed to you know just like kids or whatever everybody yeah i'd agree with that it seems like the age group is like 20 to 40 range with flesh and blood look at this <laughs> yeah. just like right right off right off the top i got dig up dinner sitting here um it's like ee, you know like there's just stuff in here that's like oh boy you know and definitely not the same like any of the stuff for uh shadow brute and uh, yeah, they just just very uh, kind of dark <laughs> art and it's like okay all right you know i'm not necessarily drawn to the dark stuff in particular but the fact that they had that space to work in really stood out to me as something very different than what uh, magic was doing and then when i understood about how the the resource system works where you're not getting mana screwed all the time i'm like dude count me in yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. like that was that was one of the big things for me it was like okay you know so yeah i started playing uh shortly after crucible of war came out and um i was doing a lot of uh the box breaks and stuff on this private facebook group that was mostly focused on magic the gathering and so there was this one fella in this uh private group that i was in and uh i was talking about oh yeah i've been bre breaking these crucible of war boxes for the last few nights on this uh this private you know on this other group man maybe i should get my own group or something ha 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 and this other guy in the chat goes yeah you probably should and he was serious and so i was like oh okay well i didn't want to offend you there saint so <laughs> um i uh, ended up going and creating a group for just fab on seals is what we called it at the time and um and it really was saint actually that uh <laughs> gave me the uh kind of push to go to go create fab unsealed um and he uh well so myself and a couple of other folks 
over the next like month or so kind of got Saint to change his opinion a little bit on the game and uh, he dove right in after a while so oh, yeah. yeah that's awesome it was fun so the group you're talking about i, I definitely know what you're talking about it's the fab and seal on facebook um i i yeah. see you post i mean there's always stuff going on there so what does it take to run something like that like do you still run that just all by yourself or how does that go uh, so it's myself and uh, Ian uh, Pribble. He's my uh, business partner in all of this these days. Um, he was breaking, or pardon me, he was uh, buying breaks from me back in the Crucible of War days and uh, just ended up being like a really down to earth guy to work with and um, wanted, he wanted to be in this thing and he just really was working hard to be at it. And uh I mean, he's, he's probably on whatnot right now. So, <laughs> he, he's a hardworking guy, and uh, it's been a really uh, a blessing to have him around. Um, so he and I are the main two kind of business partners that are working on this thing. And then we've got a couple other guys that are working with us on the side, uh, slinging singles. Uh, uh, Calvin and Jesse, uh, they're out there. They're uh, pretty badass. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I, that's one of the things I really love about this game is that I've had the opportunity to meet so many uh, just amazing people you know it feels like it feels like the people that play this game and like are interested in this game are they're 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 good people and they're interesting people too. yeah and for sure that's a it's a great combo so yeah it's awesome so with the so with the facebook group um like does that take much upkeep to keep going like what, what do y'all do with the group anymore these days just for that just uh, it's been a little quiet lately because I've been super busy. Um, typically, when I'm doing my breaks for patrons, I'll be running those on Facebook and YouTube and just sort of um, just running live videos constantly. Nice. Um, I've never recorded a video before and actually released it later. Um, <laughs> well, a couple small exceptions, but they're like a minute long or something. Right? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I've always done just live work. So, um, yeah. I, think we might change that here in the future we're going to probably start uh with that new space that i'm building in there one of the things i'm building is a an interview space that'll be pretty sweet so cool. um, might be good to figure out how to edit things so that people can feel free to speak a little bit more yeah openly <laughs> and then get edited later just in case <laughs> that's cool so, oh, i'll bleep this out <laughs> yeah i don't know That'd be like, I, yeah. i've never really had yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited about it. So maybe you guys could be on sometime. Yeah, sick. we we could rally <laughs> over. Now that I mean, that sounds like the perfect fab house. You know, you got the place to hang out, play games. You got you unboxing stuff. Then you got the little studio to film. I mean, that's just the all on one. I got I got 26 acres in the woods. It's, uh, it's a nice. Little <laughs> you spot. go romp around too. So even better. <laughs> yep. Yep. So then. Yeah. So like you said, so you started in Crucible of War, but we know you're really into the Alpha. Like, how does during crew, were mm. you buying alpha back then or when did the drive for that come about? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So alpha, I mean, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's the, the top yeah. thing, right? Yeah, like yeah. what, a, what other thing is more, oh man, I keep hearing about these people, these people, uh, <laughs> one of my patrons actually, uh, was at a event recently and he got a, a pack off the prize wall of alpha and he popped a heart yeah, so in that. one pack. Yep. And I'm sitting here and I'm just like, I love you and I hate you at the same time. Like, I'm so happy this happened to you. But man, I wish I could get another heart. It's been so long. Uh, 
Um, that's one of the things that really draws me to Alpha is how hard it is to hit stuff. Mm. You know, it's really um, it's not easy. Uh, I know that I've had at least two other boxes come through my house that got sold to other people um, at some point that had hearts in them. So I know that they're around. <laughs> um, it, it always kind of hurts a little when you see those, but yeah. Um, I, my thing with Alpha is that I think over time, the number of those boxes needs to dwindle. Um, I think that it's important that they are seen to be dwindling. There, there were only 16,000 some to begin with. And at when this game came out, they were being ripped like candy. And, <laughs> and I, I hear stories of James White just leaving everything but the Majestics in the hotel room and just like want, you know, leaving, like for the, just leaving it for the maids. Yeah, yep. <laughs> you know, whatever, right? <laughs> you know, just a few, you know, whatever thousand dollars of the day, <laughs> just chilling. But yeah. Um, Nowadays, these boxes are getting really hard to find, you know, like as of today, it's eh, if you find one for twenty five hundred bucks, you're doing pretty good. Okay. Um, and that's back when I started, I think it was more like five hundred. Um, and that was back then it felt like I was like, man, you know, I didn't I didn't like the level of hits. It was really compared to Crucible of War. It wasn't as fun to open. And so I was like, well, I can get these boxes of crew for like 75 bucks nice. or you can do these alpha boxes. And so like back then we were doing more crew. We did a lot more crew at first. Um, there came a point though, where the crew boxes got stupid expensive and then it just started to look more and more interesting to go do more arcane rising. And then after that, of course, alpha. Um, and I think overall I've probably ripped almost as much arcane rising uh just because we went through a lot of it early on in the uh, in the early days of fab and seal but um alpha has been kind of a steady thing over time and lately it's been a little bit quieter but uh we'll be bringing it back totally so i think we did one like two weeks ago three weeks ago and i expect to do one probably next week hopefully so nice Great. and for like um I guess I got two questions uh, before I forget. We'll start with um, the pull rates of certain cards. So I'm asking, you know, like the fables and stuff. What are some of like, <clears throat> maybe like for like out of the legendaries, is there one that seems to be harder than the others or do they all seem to be pretty balanced? Uh, pretty balanced. Um, if anything, it seems like I get more tunics than... Score. Than... <laughs> That's a good problem. Which, but, right. Yeah, good problem to have <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, I feel like I pulled a lot of tunics. And um, any yeah, other outliers like that for like Majestics or Boiled Majestics or anything like that that just seem to be like elusive? Just the Majestic foils in general are, I mean, just super hard to hit. Mm. Like you're talking 300 of those or something per, um, something like an Alpha E-Strike uh, in foil. <laughs> I think I've probably pulled, I mean, maybe two, oh, maybe you know, and I mean, that's, I've only pulled two hearts, right? right. So they're, they're really hard to get. That's a good point. They're not, uh, yeah, they're not, they're not easy to come by. Any, anything majestic in foil is super collectible in my opinion in alpha. Totally. Uh, I mean, anything alpha period is collectible, but majestic foil. Yeah. <laughs> so is there yeah. a, um, and this, this can go outside of alpha, but is there a set that is, uh, like your favorite to open or has been? crew okay yeah. fair enough crew. the like, original 
yeah yeah i just it's just been so much fun opening the set and it, when the when the print run numbers came out i just started laughing because at the time when the print run numbers had came out i had already cracked one percent <laughs> uh, so i was just sitting there just like oh come on this is great yeah. uh, and of course i haven't stopped right of course so I, I definitely did a lot more of it before but i'm i'm still at it so oh, yeah now, forgive me for wrong, but Arcane Rising and Welcome to Raid, there's about the same print runs, is that correct? For the uh, uh, Alpha Edition. Exact same issue. That's what I thought. So, yeah. I mean, WTR has always been more expensive for the Alpha compared to Arc, probably because it's the first set. They have a heart, they got the tunic. But how do you feel yep. about Arcane Rising first edition? Do you think it could be more expensive? Do you think where that lands? I, I, I think it's undervalued. Mm. Um I think it's always been undervalued mm -hmm. to alpha big time, uh, especially because of that print run aspect, right? The same number of I have Aphidias exist yeah. as, as hard to find alls. Um, so the amount of, I, why is alpha always twice as much as arc or more? Yeah. It's just, it, it, it's weird to me. I, yeah. And arc is a really good product. Oh, unbelievably it's solid. So. So I, I just don't see it. I do feel like anybody that's looking for an opportunity, that long run, that ought to be it, honestly. Like getting some sealed arc is probably a better idea than sealed alpha. You know, there's a premium on that alpha, like you were saying, mm -hmm. right? It's the same print run, but it's, yeah, almost twice as much. Yeah. So. Weird. Yeah, like the Command and Conquers, Art of Wars. I mean, even like at the Unlimited, Unlimited arc is more expensive than limited wtr so it's, it's right just weird right <laughs> there's good stuff in it right yeah there's lots of and i've, I've pulled a decent amount of i mean just because i've opened so much arc i think i probably have opened more arc overall so i've, I've pulled like eight i have a video <laughs> um, I, I got hot hands for the eyes. that's man. great pull eyes all day that's long a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a good one to have to do right yeah, yeah. um but uh Command and Conquers in foil are hard to, really hard to get. Yeah, I've only done like two or three of those, I think. Totally. Well, thinking about like fables, um, this came to mind. I, I think I already know the answer. Is there a fable you have not opened out of any set, or have you hit every fable? Fable, I've hit them all. Okay. Any card you, you haven't hit? Yeah, the Emperor. Yeah. Yeah. He's the first card that ever has eluded me and it's so far i you know i'm still trying yeah um but yeah I've, i haven't pulled an emperor yet and i i, I do feel like i'm due i, I shouldn't because it's <laughs> totally biased but i really want to get the i really want to get an artist proof too you know, I really oh great like yeah those are still up, up there. Till dawn needs to like hook me up <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. It's just not it's not working out in my favor so far. That's what I was cracking right before before uh we hopped on this. We got a I, I did pull a crown of providence though. Okay, so. cool. All right. It is going up. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you guys feel about uh Crown of Providence getting reprinted? Was that a good thing for uh from your guys' perspective? Here, I'll you go first. You, yeah, you go first it, as it's a player. It, yeah. It's a, yeah, as as a as a player, yes. Um Especially because I share my collection with my partner since we both play, and so um, I basically need two of like all the like you know big time equipment. So I was stoked for that. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, that's that's just my opinion as a, a player. I, I'm all for it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not much of a collector, so uh, I'll let you answer that one now, Gabe. Well, I don't know if I collect them as much. I mean, I sell them every time we get them. That's my issue. Um, <laughs> uh, no, actually, I saw it yesterday um, when I was just doing. Um, I make like a weekly market videos going over cards that went up in prices, and Crown of Providence mm. is going up, like the Dust Hole Dawn one. Mm. It wasn't interesting. I should I should pull that up now just so I'm not spitting facts that I'm being dorky about. But on TCG player, there was not a lot out there. They're almost up above ninety bucks to hundred bucks now. Oh wow, they're getting back that. out there. Mid for the box, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, so yeah that, that was yeah. I was very surprised. As a legendary should when you hit it, I think. Oh man, that's kind of how I feel. You, know? you get a legendary in your box, box should be mostly paid for. Yeah, yeah, that has changed. And I, I actually that's perfect because I kind of want to ask you about that because now that it's like the Fab 2.0, it's it's definitely more of a a player market. It seems with how certain legendaries are like there's. A legendary out there that's eight dollars, like Cornet Peak. Is $8. I bought a five dollar yeah. one the other day. Yeah. So, yeah. does that is this still like does that take away anything from like opening those boxes? Like, does it less incentivize you, or does it take away the fun, or is it still just like you still get cool cards? It's still something that you enjoy doing with the newer sets. I will admit to not breaking as much of the newer stuff okay. as the older stuff, for sure. Um, I feel like Uprising was a great example of how to do Fab 2.0. Uh, Uprising was really solid. A lot of fun pulls. Dragons, awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dawn actually is also a really good example. Yeah. Like it's got it's got angels, you know, and, and, and beautiful cards, right? The marbles are different than everything else. And, you know, like in bright lights, it feels like the marbles kind of look exactly the same as the other right. cards. Like there's not enough differentiation in treatments and stuff. And like, I, I, I don't know. There's definitely some things that I feel are missing from uh, the last couple of sets in terms of just making me want to rip the heck out of them. That's still that was pretty good. Um, okay, it, it, it's yeah, the older stuff is more fun, I'd say. Gotcha. So then, um, but even back in like the like, Tales days, like or even Monarch, there's plenty of stuff that you can hit. You're just like, ugh, you know? <laughs> like so, um, sure, sure, yeah. So, there's always something with heavy hitters coming out. Is there something you want to see LSS do specifically for that set to make it more fun for you to open or? What's that drive? Oh man, you know it'd be cool is if they took like a hero from Crucible of War that's a that's a young hero and and made her her uh, an adult hero. That would be cool, I mean, like KO, right? Be... <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> not, yeah. Like, no, no. I, I actually I, I heard about Kasai and I was super stoked about that. Um, I really hope they're hiding Shiana as well. Oh obviously. man, uh, that would be crazy. <laughs> I keep I keep begging for an adult Shiana. Um and they're talking about how they're gonna be making all these heroes happen, right? I'm like, yeah. come on, let's go, you know. Crucible of War 2.0, you know, heavy hitters. That sounds cool. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, bring it on. But yeah, I yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens. I think that was a good move on their part. Um I'm really excited for it. It's awesome. Yeah, heavy hitters so far at least sounds good. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. I got I got another question that I keep forgetting to ask. Um it would have been a little good earlier. But um so promos. What are your thoughts on just some of like the rare promos that's hard Oof. to come by? Because I, I know you have a couple in the Fab and Sealed Library. I've seen them at events, like yeah. the IRA and stuff. Like 
Do you have any opinions? Um, so I love cold foil heroes. Uh, just generally speaking, right? Any form that I can get a cold foil hero, I, I want to collect that. That's just what I collect. As a collector, that's like my my thing. Um, promos in general are a good thing, I think, for the game. But we need to be careful about what we're reprinting as a promo that's already been released as a card in, in a pack. Um, a, a recent example is the Judge Packs have Art of War cold foils right. in them. And that's upsetting to me. I don't like that. Uh, I'm a collector at heart. You know, I don't have as much time to play the game as I do to, you know, stare at the art and, 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 and collect the cards. So um, it, it, it kind of hurts me when I see the value of those rainbow foil Art of Wars that there's only like 300 in the world or whatever, right? But the value of those have now been eroded by these cold foil versions that exist. Like some people would argue, like, well, there's no really erosion there. Like, ah, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's you can argue it either way, yeah. right? And I did you feel I that way with the so. Command and Conquer when it became a fable? Yeah. Oh, when it became a fable, yeah. I mean, that wasn't as bad. Um, it was still weird. Yeah, okay. Yeah, still a little weird. Like, I, I, I got used to it, and I thought they did a good job. the The art was great, and the the treatment was really well, really well done. So. It was at least. It was like, oh, okay, now. we can forgive this, <laughs> you know. Like, and, and I'm still chasing my emperor, you know. And, and it's hard as hell to get. That's the other thing they did with it. They didn't make it uh, rainbow foil. They made it the cold foil only. Yeah. So that made it really hard to get. So the pull rate on it's actually the same as the pull rate on like the blood of Drakai. Only um, if you took the blood of Drakai rainbow foils away, and there's only the cold foils in the uprising boxes, right? So. So it's actually from a fable standpoint, it's the hardest fable to get. I believe that. Uh, yeah, you got to open a lot of boxes to pull command and conquers, <laughs> and and I like that. I love a good chase. <laughs> when you hit that card, it's like boom! Yeah. Like you get excited, you know? Like, oh. Yeah, and it, it, that's what I want. I want that rush, you know. So I really do, you know. I, I appreciate command and conquer for what it is in its in the form they made it there. I think. Yeah. yeah. So okay. questions about like so your thoughts on Artwork. I totally agree. Um, what are your thoughts on was it Sigil of Solace that they printed twice as specialty promos? <sighs> that bugs me too, man. I was like, I personally bought a set of the the Merlion mm -hmm. sigils, right? I'm like, oh, these are so beautiful. And then they do another set for Barcelona. Either either one of those sigils in a vacuum is a beautiful, well-done piece, but both of them existing does bother me just a little bit. It does a little bit. Uh, just, again, from a collector standpoint, right? So I, I wanted to build the max. I keep looking over here because I'm thinking some of the cards are over there. Um, the max, I wanted to build the max rarity Bravo deck. Right? All right. So okay, okay. Every card in the deck has to be the best version of the card. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So cold foil pummels from the judge packs. Yeah, I love cold foil pummels from judge packs. That's badass. Okay. <laughs> All day yeah, do yeah. that, right? Um, and just trying to get, yeah, just top max rarity of everything, you know? I, I even have the German uh, cold foil Marvel Bravo. Nice. Uh, nice. So, or no, pardon me. It's not the German. It's the uh, the Italian because there's less printed. Okay. So, 
Yeah, there's like half as many of the Italian. Oh, you went even more specific there. Even the less printed so, one is going to be like, okay, I see you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got a, the Max, Max Rarity, Rarity, you know. So. Good man. Yeah. What a- and so like when I'm, when I'm trying to build a deck like that, I'm going to put some sigils in there, right? Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, which fucking sigils? That's what I don't know. <laughs> Come on. Like, don't make this hard on me. <laughs> so there's so many other cards that you could do cool things with and anyway yeah sigil is a good so, card though do you got gold foils in that bravo deck then i am right now in negotiations for an anothos all right so yes it. yes looking at it trying to trying to do it right um and we're looking at just figuring out how to um Fab Unsealed be able to spend more time on the event floors as well, like playing too. So that'd be cool. That would be. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a, have our own team someday and we can uh there you go. do some kind of like, like team events or something. Max rarity, team max rarity. Max, yeah. <laughs> you can only be on the team if you have the max rarity deck. <laughs> oh man. That would be a rough uh rough entry. Yeah. <laughs> it would be very exclusive. Yeah. Pretty but showing well, though. If you manage- if you manage to get onto this team, don't worry. The players focused on their deck, like looking good, not actually knowing. It might not be the tier. You will make deck. round one on stream for sure. People will want to see that. <laughs> right, and that's the last round. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, no, that's well, good. Are you? Uh, are you? I mean, every new set that comes out, you know you are like the last spoiler that everyone watches because you're one of the first ones to open up the boxes. I imagine that's coming out for heavy hitters too. I imagine so. Yeah. Um, I haven't uh, heard one way or the other yet, but uh, typically these things are pretty, the LSS plays things pretty close to their chest. They do. They do. Yeah. And, and, and I appreciate that, you know, like, and it, it, even, even after I've been doing this for so long, they still don't, they're like, you know, I'm not on some contract or something. You know? They're not like, oh, you're going to do this for us. And we're going to, you know, no, it's like they reach out every time and they say, Hey, are you willing to? And I say, and I say yes, because of course I am. You know, like it's, it's a, it's an honor and a privilege. Definitely. And, uh, um, it's been every set since Everfest at this point. So, cool. um, yeah, I've yeah, been doing, been doing a box break. It's been good. So, Awesome. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully heavy hitters too. <laughs> Get a big boom in for that one. Oh man. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. I'm like, I wish they would send me some like seated boxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Like <laughs> they obviously haven't to their credit. <laughs> you know, they, and, and they shouldn't, right? Because that would mean that they're yeah. Boxes exist. But but then they go to but, patrons, yeah. so it's it's good for the patrons. But wouldn't it look so cool? Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Um I think uh I think my there was one other fella that did a box um for Bright Lights yeah, and oh, he did, he did just, legendary. Yeah, he got the legendary on that one. Oh, he, he the fable. Tunic, right? Then he had the fable at the end last pack or something I think, right? Yeah. Master Set Madness? Uh, was that it? Yeah. I think that's yeah, yeah that sounds yeah, right. Master Set yeah. Madness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did a box of I think it was Outsiders as well. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, so he's he's kind of fun content. Oh yeah, cool. All of it's fun. Eric, was there any questions I I mean I asked to get a handful. Was there any that I missed that you had in your brain skis? Uh, I made sure I asked everything I wanted to. I got some information. <laughs> Perfect. 
So, I mean, if people are to find you, where, where's the best tags to find you ever? I'll have it, of course, linked down below with your Twitter, Twitter handle, of course, and then a description. But yeah, where, how where can, can people, people be Patreons? You? Yeah, that too. Uh, yeah, patreon.com slash fabunsealed. Um, there's multiple tiers there. One of them uh, requires me to break a box for you every month. So <laughs> if you want to hear me say your name, you just have to pay me. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah there's multiple tiers there that you, that you can check out and uh patrons are always getting first dibs on all the alpha boxes and everything else they're doing so Hell yeah it's a it's a pretty good deal everything's a little bit cheaper behind the paywall there so nice yeah awesome um and then also if you don't feel like paying uh most of the videos are on youtube so uh, youtube.com slash at fab unsealed i think it's the uh Perfect. URL for that. So sweet. Yeah. Well, I think we'll probably wrap up here pretty soon. So I just want to say thank you again one more time. This was awesome. It was a pleasure. I mean, just great to hear good stories. Hey, thanks for having me. Always. Fun hanging out. Always good to hang out. Well, Eric, any last further thoughts in the world? We're good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for watching and tuning in to this next for this episode. Um, and we just appreciate it and we love you all, and we'll see you in the next one.